Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. And here we are again for the 113th episode here of the Talk That Talk Show. And just when you thought we weren't going to come back with another one, here we are for another episode here. Shout out to Isha by Crane on our Instagram live stream. Um, guys, it's been, if you didn't get a chance to, please get a chance and check out the last episode from last week um, with Kenny Liu. It was, uh, and also with Zeeshan as well, too. It was called Episode 112 Heavy Hitters. And I had a conversation with uh, a couple of my friends not too long ago about the episode, and they said that really, you know, this was like almost like a coming out party for the Catmaster B. And for those of you that don't really know, I've really um, kind of delved headfirst into this hat game and you know hats have always been a love of mine since I was a kid uh, my mom actually went through the attic and found a couple of old hats that I used to have I found one of the old um, I guess new era classics where it had all the different uh, logos uh, from all the different teams on there and it was like a, a walk down memory lane because you know my mom was saying that oh you know maybe you could uh, sell some of these old fitteds and I was just telling her like Yo, the fitted game has changed so much. And then, like, thinking back and reflectively on it, I was like, damn, the game really has changed so much since, you know, I was collecting back then. But, you know, over these past couple months and you know, over this past year, as far as, you know, building my collection and reestablishing that, you know, hat culture within myself, you know, I've also been able to gain so many different contacts and new people through this hat world. I mean, even Kenny Liu from last week, with somebody that I met just through, you know, this hat game, and, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a great road so far, and, you know, to say that I've been able to, you know, pay for, you know, a new car for myself, you know, at least new to me, it wasn't brand new, but it was new to me, and I was able to get that just straight off hat money, and I think that, um, one of the things that the pandemic has definitely, uh, brought out of a lot of us has been that entrepreneurship, or, you know, that, that urgency to make something happen. I think that, you know, before everything had happened, um, a lot of us were, you know, kind of sitting back a little bit and not really taking things by the horns. And that's one of the things that I've really um, tried to push forward with this Catmaster B. And I've met so many different people, whether you guys have been from Arizona, um, whether you've been uh, from California buying from me, whether you've been from Texas. Um, a lot of people have been buying these hats from me, and I appreciate you guys so much. And, you know, we, me and my boy Say were talking about it. And, um, you know, there's one thing about, you know, selling hats, and there's another thing about cracking people. And I think that's one of the things that's uh, killed the hat game is where, you know, people are, you know, not buying these hats just to get hats, but just to resell them. Now, granted, I'm a huge, huge, huge hat guy myself. But a lot of the proceeds, you know, go right back into the hat game and, and towards getting and building those those nice met collections. But, you know, I think that there are people out there that are messing up the game a little bit. And I've been lucky enough to meet very good contacts and very good connections within this hat community. And it's enabled me to do great things over these past couple of months. And one of the goals that I had set for myself um, was the fact that I wanted to release my own pin. Now, for you guys that, that know, I have released a pin with the Talk That Talk show, and you know everybody seems to love it. But you know, one of the things that I always am doing, and with these different endeavors, is trying to you know distinguish each path that I've been going on towards building. 
And, you know, the Catmaster B has been something that's really, really blossomed. My boy Reese says, Pink Brim is tough. Thanks, Reese. Um, I told myself for the show today I was going to break out a new hat. And I actually never wore this hat, so I still got the sticker on it. So I might have to, you know, pull the sticker off this so you can see that it's brand new. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, the Pink Brim was definitely a way to go for me tonight, Reese. But, um, you know, like I said, this hat game has been so dope. Um, the pins that I did with the Talk That Talk show were pretty successful. And, you know, building on that, I saw, you know, I did something really well with the soft enamel. You know, it was cool. You know, it was a good first starter pin. But I really wanted to take it to the next step because one of the things that I've seen in the hat community is that when people do drop their different pins and stuff like that, one of the first things that they have with it is the backing to go with it. And that's another thing that, again, if we're not even just talking hats, but just in general, in terms of if you're trying to build your brand or whether you're trying to build, you always have to be observant and see what works. I think um, in the last episode, one of the great things that Zeeshan had said in his episode was the fact that, you know, too often times we're taught that there's one recipe to success. Whereas when you're observing multiple different peoples from different outlets, you see that there's multiple recipes to getting success. And you can take a little bit from here and take a little bit from there and create something of your own. And, you know, I've seen that within the hat game with, you know, first drop my first pin with uh, the Talk That Talk show to now coming full circle where I dropped my first pin with Catmaster B. And, you know, from dropping it online and, uh, you know, getting the different feedback from people, you know, it's been very, very validating that I did the right thing. And I took the time in planning out what I wanted to do with the background, with the pin, and, and just the whole concept of it. Shout out to my boy Timmy Hugel again for, you know, again, helping me lead it on that right path. But, you know, I gave him a design because at first I had never had a Capmaster logo. And, you know, we took the design and we kind of ran with it. And I, and I kind of forged, you know, a lot of things that make me who I am to make this logo. So, you know, you might, you guys might not have seen it on the talk show, but I'm going to let you guys know here. First and foremost, this is the first pin that I've dropped. This is the Capmaster B pin. Very nice pin here. We have the background. It's the New Jersey logo. And then on the side, just like on the OG, I think 11 was where it said homegrown. Here it says Capmaster B on the side. And if you see here on top is the pin and it's a metal pin, guys. This is a real metal pin. So not that soft enamel bullshit. All right, this is a real pin. And then on the back, one of my favorite patches, the 2000 World Series patch. Uh, I put that on the back along with the follow Catmaster B. So everyone that gets a pin, from um, everyone that gets a hat from me, you will be getting a pin. And uh, shout out to my boy Eric Rivera, who got himself a bunch of pins from scoring for me. Um, but yeah, like I said... The amount of uh, support that I've had here in this hat community and within my own, you know, group, friend group as well, it's been super humbling, man. And, you know, I thank you so much to everyone who supported and, you know, getting one of these Catmaster B pins. It go perfect with the Mets hat. I mean, come on. I just put it on my Mets pinky. And look at that. If you got a Mets hat, you got to get one from me, guys, right? Um, I will be at the Pro Image. I will be at the Pro Image uh, drop tomorrow at Woodbridge. So if you guys have a Mets hat, last week I gave out some pins for the best Mets hat. So if you got a Mets hat and you'll be at Woodbridge Mall tomorrow, I'm giving out some Catmaster B pins. But before we get into it, I got to show you guys some of the hat cops that I got for this week. So if you guys 
Uh, like the hats, or if you like um, anything about it, comment in and tell me what you think of these hats. But first and foremost, um, we saw that this guy, I actually lucked out, and I was in New York at the time when they dropped these at NoHo, and there was a light panic for these. Um, a lot of people were, were, were going crazy for these hats. This one is the from the coffee pack, all right? This is from the coffee pack. This is the Mets Bustelo, all right? It's modeled after the Bustelo coffee brand. And it's got a nice plain Jane here. It's a, a Mets pack. And for those people that don't know what a plain Jane is, it's a gray brim that has no patch on it. So, you know, we've seen here that this one doesn't have a patch, but it's got a dope colorway, man. If you know Bustelo Coffee, you know, you know that's a that's a that's a, a huge staple, you know, in the community as far as a good coffee, man. So that was a dope Mets hat that I can't wait to rock, man. I'm gonna rock that sometime soon. But this is the one that happened last week. I feel like a lot of people slept on. Hat Club, I know they put out that icy blue brim that everybody was uh, hype on, but this one right here, I'm telling you, this was the hat that I was super happy that I got my hands on. You might have seen this a little bit with the Frozen Tangerine, uh, I think it was like maybe last year or so, but this one we have uh, the Mets hat with Say's favorite patch here. We got the 50th anniversary patch. Look how big and got golden accents in there. It's a beautiful, beautiful patch here. And then on the back, we got the Stitch Batterman logo with the green undervisor. Your good greens. They say you got to eat green out there. Get your good greens in. So, yo, this hat was definitely one of the hats that I was so ha happy to cop because they brought it back that, that old school feel with that green brim, man. And then finally, this one isn't a hat club hat, guys. But, yo, this hat right here is comes from... You know, I, I've been, I actually talked to Zshot about this the other day. This is also why I love New Era because New Era is not afraid to go in there and make some collaborations with different people. And, you know, they seem to have their ear to the, uh, the streets a little bit, man. And one of the things that we saw that New Era had that a lot of people slept on was one of my favorite fashion brands from New York City. And I never got a chance to get one of their stuff because it sells out so quick. But I was luckily enough to get this Awake New York collaboration with New Era. And here we have the black Mets hat here. Again, with the classic green undervisor. The Subway Series patch. Again, one of my favorite patches. I think I got the Subway Series on this patch, on this hat as well, too. But this is what makes this hat tough, guys. On the back, you have the Subway Series in the Awake script font there. Look at that. If you know New York, you know that font. And then on the side here, you got the Awake logo, Awake New York. Guys, this hat, I promise you, if you slept on it, you're going to be really upset that you slept on it because, you know, Awake, I've not seen them. I've seen them do some collaborations before, but on a new era hat with the quality of the patch and then also with the green undervisor. I mean, guys, I'm awake. Don't I ain't sleep on that one. I'll tell you right now. But I'd love to talk about hats all day, but the one thing that I do have to talk about that um, you guys might not have seen or might not have known that I dropped, but, you know, I, this is one of two, but this is actually the OG2 flip that I'm going to be dropping. Um, you know, you can reach out to me. Uh, the original true release date is on July 18th on my birthday is when we'll be shipping out orders to the general public. But, you know, for those friends and family that continue to listen to this show and to that you do know me, you know, please reach out to me and message me because, 
Uh, for those that see in the video, this is the OG2 Flip. And for those that don't see it and they can't see on the video and they're listening in, whether you're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, this shirt is different because it looks just like an OG2, but we took the logo and flipped it upside down. And, you know, a lot of people told me before that they did like the, um, you know, the other design with the, the 4th of July flag. And with this one, I actually had a couple people that are like, you know what, Barry? You know, I don't know. I'm not sure. But the whole point of me making this shirt and, and doing this right here, it was like one of those reminders to myself. And I wanted to get back to the grit and get back to the grind of what, um, you know, this Talk That Talk show is all about. Because, you know, I think with the past couple drops that I did, I did it more theme-based. So we did something for the 4th of July. You know, we did something uh, for the 100th episode. We did something for the jer for Jersey, you know, representing Jersey. So... Now, I think that, um, you know, I went through a, a lot of different themes as, as far as, you know, making these releases, but I really wanted to get back to the grind, the grit, the, the toughness that represents the Talk That Talk show. And I, you know, I went back into the vault and I saw this OG2 and, you know, again, it's been one of the most, you know, talked about shirts and most bought and sought after shirts, you know, of all time. I mean, we did a hoodie out of it, then a long sleeve, we did a short sleeve. And, you know, one of the things that we saw that was successful was the tanks from the 4th of July version from the OG-12. And I wanted to continue on that path of the tanks, but at the same time, you know, I wanted to, again, one of the things that people say is that I'm very reflective and, and you know, beneath the surface, there's a lot of thought that comes into a lot of this stuff and everything is pretty much intentional. And, you know, when it came down to, you know, trying to do something different with this design... You know, I thought that, you know, it takes a lot of courage to come out here each and every week um, and, and give you guys all that I got. And for episodes, you know, you know, putting a lot of thought into it, putting the itinerary down, making sure that I'm confident and ready to give you guys a full episode. And for some people, you know, that can be a little bit difficult. And, you know, that could be a place where... They may not like that episode for that one time, but for me, you know, I'm always in the business of being consistent and giving and delivering to you guys an episode each and every week. That means so much to me. And one of the things that with flipping this upside down that reminded me was that, you know, oftentimes, you know, we can't really expect people to see the things that we see. And I think that oftentimes that, you know, we have those expectations from people and it can be very frustrating when people don't meet those expectations, when they don't see eye to eye with you. And, you know, this shirt is kind of like a reminder to me to say that, you know, it's okay, but you have to remind yourself that, you know, not everyone is going to see things that the way that you do. For, for someone on the other side of this that sees this as, you know, upside down, you know, I look down at this shirt and it's right side up to me, you know. So, um, you know, there's a lot that it was, this wasn't a misprint. You know, I purposefully went out and made this shirt this way, and, you know, there's some people that didn't like it, but, you know, I don't really give a fuck, you know, I think that, you know, the part of the reason why people respect me so much, and they back me, is because at the end of the day, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're gonna get the same Barry, and, you know, my core values are strong, rigid, and, and I stand for what I believe in, and regardless of whether certain people like the shirt, or whether people don't like the shirt, I'm going to continue to be me and I'm going to continue to put out the shit that I want to put out. And I thank you and I support and I, you know, 
the support from the people that do, you know, support with my shirts, uh, whether you're raffling or, you know, finding out about hats or any of that, whether you're supporting this mission. I had someone ask out, you know, how can they watch the show beyond just Facebook or beyond just Instagram? And it's those people that continue to seek out the information and ask for me, you know, how they can watch this episode and how they can help build this show. It's the reason why I'm able to be confident and come out here and give you guys all that I have and, and, and be creative and have the confidence to do the things and to put out and test the boundaries of this, man. So, you know, this was a release that, I, like I said, it's going to be dropping. I got I got a shirt version to uh, kind of promote a little bit, but this is going to be in a tank top version, all right? So just like the OG12, it's going to be a tank top version. And, yo, it's going to be perfect for the summertime. You know, perfect right before my birthday. I can't wait. And, uh, yo, please stay tuned, man, because I got a lot of stuff here on the horizon, whether it be with Catmaster B or the Talk That Talk show. You know, there's a lot of things that I have, you know, cooking here. And I think that that's why I'm able to go to sleep, you know, very relaxed because, you know, we put so much through into the day. And I feel like I've said in episodes before, you know, that we all get the same 24 hours. So it's just a matter of what do you want to do with those 24 hours? And, you know, through building, you know, this shirt, through building the brand, through, you know, outsourcing with my hat business, through uh, all these different avenues, you know, it just helps me to live a very full day and I feel blessed. So, you know, I'm blessed to say that I've been able to put out 15, 16 different releases that people want to buy that do sell out. I was talking to Tim before. It's like, you know, we he, you know, people can just put out a shirt, but then the shit just stops there. You know, it doesn't stop here for me. I'm going to continue to push through and continue to push the boundaries and give you guys different releases. And if you don't, you know, fuck with this release, it's okay. I'm still going to come out with hot shit and you're still going to have more opportunities to support. And support doesn't, like I said, always mean necessarily monetarily. You know, that could come from just sharing a post. It can come from just liking something. It could be, you know, sharing with your friend. Hey, my boy has a podcast. Come help him out. Like, you know, see, go to his website. There's so many different ways to support. And you know, like I said, I'm so blessed that, you know, I have a support system and the people that tune into this show and with my own friends and family that continue to push this show forward. And uh, even people that I don't even know whether you're in Utah. I saw people were tuning in from Utah and New Mexico. Yeah, you know, people are downloading the show. You don't just get to 16,000 downloads without support. So, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for every single one of you. So, thank you so much. We got Barang. He says, keep doing your thing, my guy. I love it. Yo, thank you, Barang. Um, I'm going to keep pushing, uh, you know, regardless of what people say. And, yo, this is this is where we're at, man. I wouldn't get to 113 uh, being self-conscious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if, any advice I can give you to anybody out there, too, is just... You know, push yourself and don't be afraid of what people say. And, uh, you know, good things will happen for you. Um, but one of the things that we do have to talk about that makes this and headlines this weekend is one of the biggest weekends upcoming is here we have the Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier trilogy. Jeff was already talking about the parlays that he wanted to put in. Um, I know I was talking with my brother about how we were still a little bit indecisive on what person we wanted to take and who we thought was going to win that trilogy. And I think that we have to see that we haven't really seen such a big trilogy before since really Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic. I mean, Stipe and uh, Naganu had their fight, but
But they didn't go to a third one. They chose to go the different route instead of giving Miocic that third trilogy. So it's really hard to have sometimes that trilogy build up. We saw how long it's taken to get to the uh, Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight. You know, sometimes when you have two fights and, and a fighter beats somebody so more decisive and the fight might not be as close as maybe the first one, it sometimes can be hard to market and hard to push that different uh, third trilogy fight. And I think that what we had here was something that was instantaneous, guys. I mean, as soon as the fight was over where Conor got knocked out, they were already setting it up for, you know, the third fight. And, you know, I've been asked this question on who do I think has more pressure, you know, Dustin Poirier or Conor McGregor. And, you know, sometimes people will say, well, the fighter that won the second time has more pressure because they got to redo it because none of those fighters have been able to win two in a row. So, you know, some may say Dustin Poirier. Some may say that, hey, this guy coming from Louisiana, small town guy, um, he, he's, he's reached that ultimate heights. Did he beat Khabib? No, but this could be that next staple, you know, on his chapter in terms of defeating a guy in Conor McGregor. But I go to say here to say that Conor McGregor has the most pressure out of anybody because the guy hasn't won in five years. It doesn't sound like that long, but damn. You know, you know, you ha I don't want to even really count the Cowboy Cerrone win because that guy, he was just out there to get the dollars, man. He, he doesn't really stand a chance in today's UFC. So, you know, when you think about it, Conor McGregor has lacked that highlight win over these past five years, half a decade. And, you know, it's, he's got immense pressure because if you're Conor McGregor and you lose this trilogy fight against um, Dustin Poirier, how can you go back and fight again? Chris says Connor does have more pressure. Yeah, I, I think so, man, because if Dustin Poirier loses this trilogy fight, I don't see his career as potentially over, right? I still think, you know, he's somebody that is going to give you 110%. He's a little bit younger, and, you know, he seems to be more of that, that crowd guy. And I know we have Conor McGregor on the other side as the ultimate crowd guy. I mean, he's pretty much made the most money out of anybody in the UFC, but the guy's getting older. He hasn't won a substantial fight in multiple years now. And if he does not beat Dustin Poirier, we could potentially talk about him riding off into the sunset with his millions of dollars on the boat, you know? I think this is more critical for Conor McGregor to come out here and solidify it because if he does not win this fight for the rest of his career, people are going to be questioning whether Conor McGregor's heart is in this fighting shit. And we've heard, heard so many times, you don't play fighting. Mike Tyson has said it. You don't play fighting. This isn't a, If you don't have 110% into the fight game, if you don't have yourself 100 mentally prepared and focused, you will get your fucking not, your block knocked off, man. I'm telling you. And it's so dangerous. I mean, you have somebody in a, in a Jorge Masvidal who is the destroyer, the crusher, the, the street Judas, they call him. And to see him just get viciously, violently knocked out by Kamaru Usman and, and to lose for a second straight time, we see how quick that humbled that boy, you know? So I think that this could be a very humbling experience for Conor McGregor if he does not win this fight. Um, I really do hope that he does win. Um, he seemed to outdress Stephen A. Smith in the latest interview, but, you know... That Italian suit ain't going to help you in the ring, man. And Dustin Poirier, it kind of seems like he he overcame that beast. He overcame that, that feeling that I can beat Conor McGregor. He had the feeling of knocking this guy out. And that that's dangerous, man. And, and for Conor McGregor 
to to climb the hill, get knocked off the hill and climb back up. That's a tall task, man. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm still riding with Connor. I think that Connor, um, I think that Connor, deep down inside, there's still the heart of a champion. And he wouldn't, I don't think he would have really signed this trilogy. You know, granted, he is going to make a lot of money. But, you know, I think that inside of there, you know, maybe he got a little bit off track and a little off kilter. But maybe I'm just somebody that's a... Uh, uh, a glutton for that that comeback story, but I just I just feel that Conor McGregor, uh, you know, just in the way that Dustin, you know, Dustin beat him, but I just feel that Conor McGregor, if he just can go back to what he was doing before, you know, not I think that when he was training for these boxing fights with you know Manny Pacquiao potentially and with uh, Floyd Mayweather, you know, it kind of took him away from the the roots that he had where. You know, he was constantly moving around the ring and very tough to, to, to catch. You know, kind of similar to that uh, that one guy, Sean O'Malley, now. That's kind of how Conor used to fight. But nowadays, it seems he has that traditional boxing stance where he's really heavy on his feet. And if he comes out again heavy-footed against Dustin Poirier, I promise you, Dustin Poirier will knock him out again. But if we see Conor McGregor jumping around, bouncing, you know, being active, being an active fighter, you know, throwing some strikes in there, getting around the ring, using the whole ring, I think that Conor can do it. But, you know, if he's heavy-footed, man, you better put that money on Dustin Poirier. But one thing that might be a little bit more easier to predict rather than, um, you know, maybe this uh, this Conor McGregor-Dustin Poirier fight trilogy is this NBA Finals that we have. And we've seen that the Suns are for real, man. If you don't believe now, you gotta believe in those Phoenix Suns. You know, I saw a meme the other day that said LeBron traded away his youth to win a championship, and Chris Paul came with his youth and took them to the championship, you know. And I know the job is not done. To quote the great Kobe, job not done. But, you know, I think that the Suns are in a immense driving position up 2-0 in the series in the NBA Finals, man. Um, I just see in the NBA, regular season, you can get off with just giving your star player, you know, the ball and just letting him rock out. You know, you can get over. We saw the New York Knicks do it. We went to the playoffs just giving Julius ball, the ball, Julius Randle the ball and letting him go. But when it comes down to, you know, playoff time and NBA Finals time, the truth will be revealed, right? And what we have here is that the Phoenix Suns are the way more complete team than the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I, I mean, even with a, a, a historic performance from Giannis in the third quarter, you know, they still lost that game by almost 10 points. You know, I think that, you know, Milwaukee coming back home, again, we talk about pressure. Milwaukee has the most pressure in the entire world because everyone was expecting Giannis to potentially get in that first ring. And everybody was expecting this to be a really close series. But everyone in that Phoenix Suns locker room believed, man. And belief is a very powerful, dangerous thing, man. When you believe in yourself. I mean, I, I interviewed, uh, you know, that player uh, that's on the Suns, Mikel Bridges. And I interviewed him as a Big East champion, you know. And he, when I was down there on Madison Square, I was like, you know what, this guy's good. But I didn't really, you know, think he was going to be an NBA champion. I mean, thinking about a Jay Crowder who's playing, you know, ultimately a, a, a huge role and, and, and playing it well. And, 
you know, just having those role players, even like a DeAndre Ayton, a guy that, you know, when healthy is absolutely unstoppable, but still, you know, we had doubts about him coming into this. I mean, when you look at what the Suns have really done through this postseason, it didn't even seem like, you know, for a team like them that had such, you know, high seed, they didn't really play like a team that had a lot of pressure. And when you look out there, you see Giannis is playing with the weight of the, sh- the world on his shoulders, man. But when you see Devin Booker, he's playing so free. You know, coming off the ball, taking mid- mid-range shots. You know, you got Chris Paul who's out there slicing and dicing, literally being the, the Trey Young 2.3.4.0. Because, you know, what we've seen here from Chris Paul is an extreme, efficient, efficient way of running the pick-and-roll offense. I mean... When they have that high guy come up and screen, Chris Paul is coming downhill every single time. And it seems like he's always making the right passes. And when I talk about that team cohesion, you know, we see that from the Phoenix Suns, man. And that it makes it easy for me to say, hey, I think Phoenix is going to go out there and maybe win that game in, in, in five. I think Jeff said win, win in five for him. You know, I, I, I like that, Jeff. I want to say that it's going to be a Phoenix sweep. But um, I'd like to think that Giannis, he's going to at least get one win in Milwaukee. Maybe it's not this next one. Maybe it's to, to not get swept. Maybe they win game uh, four, you know, to make sure they don't get swept. But, you know, I just see this Phoenix Sun train rolling. Um, I see Devin Booker coming into his own. I know people compare him to Kobe. Let's pump the brakes there. But let's say that, you know, Devin Booker has really elevated himself into superstar status, right? I think that for a lot of people, they thought of as an all-star, as a prolific player. But really, we've seen Devin Booker elevate himself to franchise status. Almost on that, maybe that Damian Lillard status of like one of those elite scorers, man. Because, you know, from what I've seen from Devin Booker, I've seen clutch shots from him. I've seen no conscious. I saw Julius Randle pass up open shots in the garden. Um, I haven't really seen too much, you know... Uh, hesitation from Devin Booker, from somebody who's in his first playoff appearance, right? So you see the opposite ends of the spectrum. So when you have a franchise player that believes in the work that he's put in and you have a role player, role system around them that uh, really has elevated their play, you can go out there and beat anybody regardless of whether you have, you know, the monsters on your team or whether you have, you know, all-star, superstar status, man. So you know, shout out to the Phoenix Suns because that's going to be my pick. You know, them up 2-0, I don't really see Milwaukee coming back from that series, man. And, you know, one of the other things before I get off this air, I do want to say that I'm looking forward to is that home run derby, man. When we were kids, you know, we, that was one of the, the, the things that we always looked forward to was that home run derby and seeing your, your favorite sluggers up there and, you know, we see how Shoho Atani has been. He's been absolutely phenomenal, just hitting dingers left and right. And he's been a guy that, you know, is, is something that we haven't seen. And we've seen the comparisons to Babe Ruth. We've said people, you know, the, a pitcher that's hitting, what, 30-something dingers, it's out, of, it's out of this world. But I think the craziest thing to me is that they said this guy is not taking batting practice all year. That's like me not going out and throwing a 10-pin, man. Like, that, it's crazy, bro. So, you know, for him to be hitting as well as he is and, you know, not even taking batting practice, it's easy to see how he's the, the, the favorite to win this home run derby. But, yo, my, shout out to my boy Jeff. He's been the parlay king. He told me, don't sleep on that polar bear. You know, I think that, you know, with Pete Alonso coming back to defend the crown, 
You know, a lot of people are, are sleeping on the polar bear and, and for the, the effortless swing that my boy has and with the violent contact that Pete Alonzo makes on the baseball, I'm telling you, man, I think that, you know, Pete Alonzo really has a chance to, to, to prove people wrong, almost like that, that breakout where Jonas Cespedes broke out as that, uh, that star for the A's and won that home run derby. You know, I think that Pete, Pete Alonzo has proven that he can hit the home run. But how many people have won the home run derby two times in a row? And I tell you what, if I'm a betting guy, it wouldn't be a bad decision to put your money on the polar bear, man. Pete Alonzo, that's my free advice for you, all right? And then finally, if you have a Nintendo Switch, guys, I know I haven't talked about it for a while. I mean, shit, last game I played was Animal Crossing, and that was a long time ago, man, seems like. But um, one of the games that just recently came out for the Switch that's really dope, awesome game. You know I'm into my golf, so I had to scoop that Mario Golf, man. Uh, it's been, it's a smooth game, and for the first time, you know, I think a lot of times you're hitting the cutscene after you hit the ball. But now in this game, after you hit the ball, they have your character run to go get the ball, and you have like little dashes, and, and it just, it's in its own Mario way. Only Mario can make, like, uh, golf seem, like, fun like that, man. And, you know, I've had fun playing it just with the golf adventure and just with the different obstacles of the golf game. But I remember playing that game on NES. And to see it now on the Switch to where you can play online with people and you can play simultaneously where you're playing the hole at the same time, you know, it's pretty crazy, man. It's pretty crazy. And, you know, I think that it's definitely invigorated my uh, my love for the Nintendo Switch again and I'm gonna you know I've seen myself playing it a lot more man you know I'm telling you I had to break this bad boy back out and it's been getting some use so you know if you do have the Switch I would strongly suggest getting the Mario Golf game you know it's a great game to play in passing you know you know you're not gonna have to be like what is it just you know attentive like you're playing Call of Duty Warzone or something but you know, it's definitely a nice switch up, something uh, light on the eye, some fun to play. You always have a little bit of fun, like when you're playing those Nintendo type games, because it's not—it's not supposed to be stressful. It's supposed to be a nice, relieving, fun game to play, and that's what you need sometimes. But you know, this is the Talk That Talk Show. 113 episodes in the book already, man. Right? Sheesh. But it wouldn't be an episode of the Talk That Talk Show if it wasn't for the drink review that we have here. And like I said, I've been on this seltzer binge, guys. I don't know when I'm going back to beer, but when I do, you'll, you'll be the first to know it. And the seltzer that I have today has been back. You know, we were, we would have had it at the City Field had the game not got rained out yesterday. Shucks. But the Truly was the first place I think I had it was at uh, City Field. And the Truly that I have for us today to try is the Fruit Punch Hard Seltzer Truly it has 5% alcohol. It's a hard seltzer. You know what I said about the seltzers, guys. It's not exactly the hardest punch, but what it is is very smooth. You're able to drink, you know, three, four of them. You're able to still be functional, and you don't feel full and bloated like sometimes where you might feel drinking an IPA. You know, don't get me wrong. I still love my IPAs, but for right now, I'm on a seltzer binge. <sighs> Refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> so sh shout out to my boy Ishabod Crane. 
he said so we it was i think it was like fourth of july or something and um <laughs> me uh jeff had made a suggestion to me he was like yo uh, I, I forget who it was, but we, someone had said that they had this beer from Cape May before. And I saw it in the beer store. I was like, all right, bet. I'm going to try this beer out. And it was, uh, it was the, I think it was called Perp by uh, Cape May. And it's, it's supposed to be a grape soda type beer. And, you know, I liked it. It wasn't too bad. You know, I'm always for trying different shit. But we had, and I thought that because it was like a grape soda type beer, that maybe my boy Ishabai Crane, who's not really a, a fan of, hard alcohol or anything uh too tough like a beerish type taste so i'm like yo maybe you'll like this grape soda yo that dude did not like it. <laughs> and, and clear proof is in the comments he says i would like to try that one speaking about the truly instead of that great bullshit the other day <laughs> yo it wasn't bad but I, I can see where he's coming from it's not one of those beers that you'd have three four five times but Ish, I think you would really like this truly, man. Um, the, the fruit punch, it isn't really that heavy. It almost, you know, I know how before I've, I've um, kind of given different comparisons to what these seltzers taste like or what they kind of give me remnants of. But this one really reminds me of like a, a, a Capri Sun, if you've had a Capri Sun before. Um, it's very light. Not as bubbly, and uh, yo, it's been pretty smooth, man. So here's the Truly Fruit Punch Hard Seltzer by Truly. Check it out here. Here we go. Yes, yes. So that does it for us on this show here at the Talk That Talk Show for the 113th episode, guys. You've been here with me rocking out. I appreciate you so much. Whether you're my boy Christian Carr, whether you're my boy Chinks, whether you're uh, Mario Hurd, I know you've been killing the TikTok, brother, but, you know, I, like I said, earlier on the show, I said I have a very strong support system. I got a lot of people that believe in me, and I never take that lightly, man. Um, shout out to my sponsors. Um, shout out to Timmy Hugel, who helped me to make, you know, these pretty awesome pins, um, the the Catmaster B pins, and even this uh, the shirt which I'm going to have in tank form, the OG2 flip. <clears throat> Excuse me, but Tim Hugel does great things over at the Ink Parlor. Um, for some of the, some of you people out there as well, you saw a sneak peek of the shorts that we might be pre-ordering or having a pre-order for very soon. So we got some hot shit on the way, guys. Just keep believing in us, and I promise you, you're going to have some really dope merch to uh, support with. Also want to give a shout-out to Air We Are, shout-out to Jeff Galata, doing big things, helping people to get their heating and air conditioning needs um, finished and, and done with. Also want to give a big-time shout-out to my boy, Joe Snow and Maria over at New York Life, helping people to get their financial freedom every single day. And then finally, want to give a huge, big-time shout-out to my boy Savion Gaynor over at Skydive Socks. Um, love that guy over there. Um, you know, we've been through thick and thin. And he's, you know, somebody that I really, truly um, love having on my team and, and somebody that supports me in all my endeavors, man. And it's important to have people like that around you. So, like I said, guys, the Talk That Talk show. Talk That Talk! Another one in the books. And like I said, you can't expect people to see what you see all the time. So, that's why we got this logo flipped upside down. So, just remind me that I, I still know that uh, sometimes... 
people don't exactly see the same things that I do and might not see the things the same way that I do, but I still gotta take those 10 feet that I have, I mean, those 10 toes that I have, keep them to the ground and keep moving, man. You know, regardless of what people think, you know, regardless of what people might say, you gotta stay true to yourself, stay true to your core values. And for me, this consistency of bringing you guys to talk that talk show each and every week, something that you can tell your friends about, something that you can tell your family about, you know, something that you can be proud to wear that shirt and proud to show your friends that you're a part of. Because everybody that listens to this show, whether you're in New Jersey, whether you're out of New Jersey, whether you're in California, you know, you're a part of the show. If you tune in, you download. You know, whether you check in on our website, talkthattalkshow.com, whether you're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you are the reason why we've been able to get to 16,000 plus downloads and pretty much over 20,000 views unique, man. Um, that's a big number to get and it continues to climb. So it wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the support of you all out there. So thank you whether you're tuning in on Instagram. Thank you whether you're tuning in on Facebook. Thank you whether you're watching this after the show on YouTube. Please subscribe, like, do all that cool bullshit. I appreciate you so much. I love you all and continue to rock out with me because I'm going to continue to give you all that I got. All right. I love you all. And I'll see you next week.